what is up everybody we are back with another episode of shaping the culture uh hope you guys had a great holiday uh hope you guys had an awesome christmas and a happy new year or start to your new year i don't know how you want to phrase that or word that but uh i would take a break i took a hiatus just to spend time with family and friends and you know be there and be present for that but we're back and i'm excited um for these new episodes that we got for you guys um this week uh i got a friend on the show with us uh we go back way back like 2006 2007 yes, it's like 14 15 years yeah. in the making yeah. back when we had our hairline still times have changed bro we're getting old yes, sir. we were like 14 15 and we're like 30 now getting there yeah it's crazy we're not 30, but yeah, we're, don't do me. we're headed there. I'm 29. <laughs> You're basically 30. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. This is a friend of mine that I actually would, I don't know if I'd be in ministry if it wasn't for you. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of our conversations early on with some of the other guys uh, kind of spurred me on to ministry and, you know, a lot of the conversations. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember this, but we never had light conversations. I think a lot of our conversations were always heavy. If it wasn't personal stuff, it was always digging deep in the scriptures and what we're learning from the word of God and how the word of God relates to life. And then we're getting like older and we're getting exposed to different pastors and different theologies. And then we started breaking that apart and unpacking that. What does this mean for us? And so uh, this is a friendship that has really helped me think critically and go deep in the things of God. And so, man, I don't know if I'd be here without you, bro. So I appreciate your friendship. So on, we got tech with us in the house. I didn't know you were going to say all that, bro. Yeah, yeah. You trying to make it cry? No. That's what you <laughs> Yo, the people got to know, bro. They got to know, you know. Never forget where you come from, bro. Yeah, and so um, we're going to be talking about some dope things this episode. I think tech is going to get into his story a little bit. We want to definitely talk about wisdom as well. Um, and so, but before we get into it, Tech, just kind of let us know who you are. Let the listeners, the audience know who you are, what you're about. Like, what's what's up? What's going on with you, bro? Well, yeah. Um, my name is Tech. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, like Abu was saying, man, we grew up, like, here. Um, mm-hmm. So I was kind of mentored and, like, developed in this building. Uh, <laughs> like, that we're in right now. Yeah. Right here, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Um, so I... I I'm from Minnesota. When I, I was born in Ethiopia, came here when I was five. Yeah. Um, I always had a heart after righteousness, mm-hmm. um, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, my eyes were open to God when I was like 16, mm-hmm. after a lot of bad decisions mm-hmm. and wrong identities that I took on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it didn't take too long for me. Mm-hmm for those identities to kind of like rip me apart. Mm. Um, And so about 16, I turned to God, cried for the first time, like for an emotional reason. I don't ever remember really crying like that. And um, yeah, it was like, it was like a different world, like different Mm. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And so right around that age is when I got introduced to, um, I was at Trinity Church Mm -hmm. 
Uh, shout out shout out trinity elizabeth <laughs> um, i remember those days yeah. <laughs> and cleelu everybody it was like crazy over there but um yeah uh, <laughs> before that i was at zion but th- those were the times we were just messing around mm. and then when i got serious i ended up at trinity church and then um learned about the united youth conference mm-hmm. through trinity and my eyes were open that was like mind-blowing to me because mm. right around that time I was praying to God, like, give me a new set of friends. Uh-huh. Um, because in high school, I kind of, like, I had one identity freshman year. Yeah. Then I started getting into, like, drugs, alcohol, took on an, another identity yeah. sophomore year. Yeah. And then junior year, I came back, and I was, like, a super Christian. <laughs> and I had no, I didn't know where to go. Like, yeah. um, and I remember praying, like, I need to find a new group of friends. And I remember hanging out with, like, um, Tony. Yeah. Um Gibbs. Gibbs, yeah. I remember like thinking like, man, am I about to be kicking it with like Tony and them? Like, I didn't know, I didn't know which way to go. Yeah. And then when I got to the conference, <laughs> I was like, whoa, like look at all these Ethiopian people like on fire for God. I really didn't know there was. First of all, I didn't know there was that many Ethiopians in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm kind of ignorant. We, we out here, yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we're like sixty thousand of us. <laughs> yeah. Why we're here? I don't know. It's cold. It's Where snows. were you? See, I had never really, you know. <laughs> yeah. Experienced West Seventh, like, (laughs) so I had no idea. Like, we were out here like that. I guess for you, like, growing up in the church world, you had been around it. It wasn't nothing new for you, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was just part of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like there was three Ethiopians at my school. Yeah, and there was like three other Ethiopians that we hung out with from church. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you guys didn't have a lot. No, man. So I saw like hundreds of them and I was like, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be at. God just answered a prayer and just dove in. And so I was at Trinity and then right after Trinity would end, um, I would come right here and then got connected Yeah, and just dove in. Yeah, And um, Steve-O like like poured in a lot Mm -hmm. Friday nights, Sundays Mm -hmm. um, in his office, just speaking to us, praying with us. Yeah. Um, that's how I grew, and I'm so happy, man, because, like, that's solid, bro. Yeah. Growing up under, like, some solid... Man, bro, imagine, like... We were blessed, bro. Super blessed, bro. Yeah. For somebody like Mm -hmm. Steve-O and David. Yeah. These guys are, like, they... They, they gave their whole lives to understanding the scripture and understanding God. And we got the privilege of being yeah, under that. Like, yeah. we could have been under a lot me. Of- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we were under these men, like, that gave up a lot. And they yeah. dove in. And we had the, inst- I'm not saying David isn't intellectual, but Steve-O came with just, like, that yeah. brain power, yeah. the passion. Yeah. And David had... I mean, I don't want to say Steve was not spiritual because he yeah, is, but uh, yeah. you know he had his gifts in the spiritual yeah. realm. So yeah. I, it was a great growing up, man. So. Yeah, I think like we got the best of both worlds. We got to see like God gifting two different people, mm. and them using their gifts to edify the body. And we saw the importance of both. It wasn't like one was greater than the other, but we like our our hunger and our spiritual life was growing because David was like praying like crazy for us and like crazy spiritual experiences and then steve-o would come in and man pour in so much theology and scripture and the word of god and how to think about the word of god and all you know it was just like the best of both worlds and i think about that often bro i was just talking to a friend i think it was yosef it was uh, yosef in vegas and i was saying yo because i've been exposed to a lot of like avisha churches 
uh, the, the older I've gotten, I'm like, yo, what we had was different. And I don't know if I would be here if, if I didn't, if we didn't have what we had. And so like the older I get, the more sweeter those moments are for me or the, that season in life, because it really set me on, on the path that I am on now. And it even like, I mean, like Steve-O was quoting Francis Chan, Piper, like Platt, uh, these guys that are solid and guys that we ended up looking to and them feeding i mean like uh what's it what was his favorite guy the guy that was raven like hill. raven hill yes. yeah like i mean these are the guys that like they were influenced they were by yeah, Loving, yeah 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 and so to even have leaders and pastors that were exposed to those people to yeah it's just the grace of god so i'm i'm appreciative of like man 2005 six to like 2012 that's like the golden era yo like we'll never yeah every week bro yeah. like we'll, we'll never get those moments back <laughs> yeah. but yo like fridays were blowing up Crazy. like we had it was Crazy. like everybody was looking forward to friday yeah. and like we would bring people from school our neighborhood church. every like other churches like it was like we were packed in that little room yeah. about 100 120 of us on fire for God here till midnight like seeking the presence of God I don't know if you remember yeah I remember one particular Friday Steve will call you to end the prayer end us off in prayer bro your prayer was like another hour and a half man (laughs) okay we'll get into that that yeah yeah. for sure but that was like anyway I didn't mean to interrupt I just as you're you're talking about that I'm like sweet memories man those are I, I really like those moments mean that that era that season means the world to me so and I um when I so when I first got saved I didn't know exactly where to go to mm. learn about the Bible yeah all I knew is that I wanted to read the Bible mm-hmm. and so that's all I did and mm-hmm. pray mm-hmm. so I started watching TVN yeah and unfortunately like a lot of my thinking about Christianity was based on like that I don't have I'm not gonna say anything against like prosperity gospel or right. those type. If you're like prophets, if you're into that, like, yeah, like I got a lot to learn. Yeah. So, That's but real. for me, it wasn't a pop. It didn't. It it hurt me more than it helped me. Mm. So mm. having Stevo. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Bro, yeah. It could have been bad. Yeah. You know I mean? But Stevo taught us a lot. Suffering. The reality. <laughs> That's all he taught. Glory. Suffering and down. holiness. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't all like. Mm-hmm. So it was good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got exposed to the community. Yeah, you grew. Yeah, um, and then from there, is that it? Is that where you're gonna end the the how you got here, or is there more to it? Uh, like to this point, or we just yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just didn't know where you were going. I didn't know if you were gonna add to that or if that was oh, like, just a little bit about who I am. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so that's sure. who I am, man. Like, um, and I kind of. Okay, so I'll take it one step further. Um, so then I felt like if God is real, there's nothing else that I want to do than tell people about yeah. it. Because I came from a place where people didn't really acknowledge God. It yeah. wasn't like I didn't like grow up in a place where people took church seriously. Yeah. Uh, like the people I was around, um, like our parents did. Yeah. But that was like a weird foreign thing to me. Like yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it and yeah. made fun of because yeah. like, you know, I remember like being in church and people jumping up and speaking in tongues and running around the building and I thought yeah. that was like what are they doing yeah so 
Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that for was sure. It. For I was sure. like, I'm saved. I'm like, bro. Yeah. I'm telling everybody about God. So then I went straight to school. Like, yeah. That was my vision. It's like, I'm going to school. Went to yeah. North Central. Yeah. Shout out. Graduate. Yeah, shout out. So <laughs> kind of. Sort of. <laughs> to North Central. Uh, graduated like 2013. And then um, I started doing ministry at Zion. So I think we were always kind of involved in ministry here, like yeah. starting early. Steve yeah. gave us that platform, yeah. Um, and we still we used to have conversations in like the living room. Mm-hmm. What should we teach? Mm-hmm. How should we approach it? And yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. I don't know if you remember, but some of like my earliest memories of me even giving sermon. I was so terrified. Mm-hmm. I would want you and Yosef up there with me. I remember. Yeah. And the sermons were really just the conversations between yeah. the two, three of us. <laughs> I'm surprised Steve will let us do that, but that was like, yeah, because like we knew when we got together, like one thing led to another, but when you're up there by yourself, you're like, oh, I'm going to speak by myself for 30 minutes? Like, what am I going to talk about? But yeah. Thank God for Steve-O. Yeah, for real. Y'all could have been under, no play. Y'all been praise God for Steve-O, bro. For real. Um, Yeah. So in 2012, I started going and doing youth ministry at Zion, and I was on fire. Obviously, I have my ups and downs, but um, so the thing with me, though, is like, I thought listening to prosperity gospel preachers that God was going to answer my prayers based on my level of faith. Mm. And so after I got saved, my life was not peachy at all. I still was going through the same things that I had gone through Mm. before I was saved, but now I just had hope. Mm. Um, and a source of joy, which is, um, you can't buy that, Yeah. but it was still the same struggles. Mm. So year after year praying for my one prayer this whole time was, God, give me a clear mind mm. because I think I had fogged up my mind with mm. like drugs, alcohol, and you know, a lot of, um, music. I was really into like music and I kind of numb myself, kind of like in a way hypnotized myself with music. Music is mm. powerful, bro. Yeah. And it took me in a different mind state. That's yeah. Almost like I thought I was someone else based on the music oh, I was wow. listening to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I can be influenced. Mm. So I opened myself up to a lot of that. Yeah. And I was deep into that. Um, and used to have like weird spiritual experiences with like, but anyways, so Year after year, this one prayer, God, make my mind clear. I just want to see reality. I want to mm. be just like, help me to be. I don't know what it was I wanted, yeah. but I knew I wasn't there. Yeah. And I was like, God, just make me better. That's yeah. really what it was. And he just never did. Yeah. So I would have like my ups and downs based on that. Yeah. I'd be on fire for God, then not on fire. Yeah. College, on fire. But there was one time that really shaped me. Mm. Um, I was uh, at North Central, struggling super hard. Mm. And uh, we had... This all ties in to wisdom. Yeah. So we had a uh, Friday night service, mm-hmm. but there was a preacher from Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they, I think he was a prophet. So we're doing what we're talking about. Yeah. 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 So we we're doing the, um, we we're doing the, a group conversation downstairs, but I just didn't have it in me. I couldn't be edified. I didn't feel like I could edify at all. Yeah. So I was like, let me just go upstairs. Yeah. And that was me and Natan and Elias. We went upstairs. Yeah. Um, and we're like sitting in the back. And the dude preached for two hours yeah. or something like that. And I don't remember anything he said. I don't mm. remember. I, I didn't even understand what he was talking about. Yeah. But I just recall at the end, he was doing like a call out. And yeah. he was calling people out. Like, yeah. you 
you gotta repent. Like he was saying some serious yeah, stuff, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you're cheating on this person. Like he's seven. I was oh, like, oh God. man, like <laughs> this is serious. In this mighty man. <laughs> I was yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, repent and so, for the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and so I was uh, out in my head. I just quickly. I don't know why. I just said this prayer. I was like, Lord, if you're real, because yeah. I was doubting the reality of God. Yeah. I was like, Lord, if you're real, make this man speak to me in English. Hmm. And I remember as soon as I said that, he like stopped speaking in Amarna. Yeah. And he turned around and he was like, there's a young man in here, bro. Mm. Uh, and you're struggling to be a pastor. Um, and he was like, God loves you. And I was like, all right, cool. But, and then he stopped and went back to Amarna. And then in my mind, I just was like, that's, that's not enough, Lord. And as soon as I said that, the dude turned around and he was like, young man hmm. this message is for you wow. like you need to hear like god has a plan god has it yeah i'm like oh man yeah like, it was like this is for like, me yeah like, god is real mm. like he just read my mind the god of the universe read my mind right. bro and answered it yeah. and told this other guy to like yeah so i was freaking out yeah yeah. I, I still remember like I don't know why I thought they would know what was going on in my head but I was remember like I turned to Elias and I was like looking at him yeah. and he kind of got my vibe yeah. and he just kind of nodded I don't know if he remembers but he just kind of nodded at me he was like yeah yeah no I'm with you bro but uh, I'm, I'm, praise God for him bro like yeah, yeah. um yeah whoo that was for you yeah. <laughs> and I remember going back and telling Steve-O like yo Steve-O God spoke to me man I'm never gonna Question mm. the reality of God. Is still, you know, praise God, brother. And he's like, <laughs> he edified me and all that. And um, so I'm thinking I'm like called. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking like I'm about to start a revival and it's going to happen the next time I preach. Mm. Every time I preach. Wow. That's my mentality. Yeah. But okay. And then la I'm just going to back up. When I was like 17. Like, I'm an extremist. You know me, Abu. Like, yeah. I'm an extremist. Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever I do, I kind of take it to, like, a, sometimes an unhealthy end, mm. you know? Mm. And then I expect others to take it to that same end. Mm. That's why. Um, so when I got saved, it was, like, Bible, TBN, prayer, period. Like, that's yeah. all I did. Yeah. And I remember one night, I had a dream. And in the dream, um, I was praying in my room. This is when I was, like, 16, 17. And um, I saw my body on the floor praying. Mm -hmm. And then my body's like started flipping mm -hmm. into my wind, my bedroom window, out of my bedroom window wow. into this like face in the sky. Yeah. And that face was made out of clouds. And he had one big red eye. Yeah. And I flew into the eye. And I remember looking down and seeing a bunch of like smart cars, like huh. all these smart cars. And I was like, all right. Then, I, then it snapped and we were in another scene. I'm in an elevator with another person. My head, I can't see my, my, like, I see from my neck down and from his neck down. Mm. Or her, but I assume it was a he. I don't know. Yeah. Gender bias, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, we were just going up in the elevator. We had, like, briefcases were going up. So from that dream and certain other experiences and people telling me you're called and mm. God has a plan for you and mm. you're going to minister and there's millions, like, I'm hearing all this from people. Yeah. So I'm like, literally after I got saved, bro, I thought to myself, every time I speak, 
that's going to be the moment I start mm-hmm. a revival mm-hmm. and I become a world famous evangelist. Wow. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if that's, a, but that's literally no, that's how I real. approached every, yeah, yeah, so. That's real, yeah. But it wasn't happening. Year after year after year, it wasn't happening. Everywhere I went, it just, it was like regular. None yeah. of that was happening. Yeah. Um, but I was okay with it. Mm. So, turning to like wisdom, no, go ahead. Oh, fast forward that moment then when you got that confirmation. Exactly. It was like, oh no, this is really going to take off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now it was like, all right. Yeah. I'm about to graduate yeah, I college. I got heaven backing me up. Exactly. I'm, this I know for a fact this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. Yes. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. What's the wait? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm ready, God. You just spoke to me. Yeah. You're ready, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The passion's there. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Um, And the platform somewhat was there, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So... I was at Zion from 2012 to about 2016 or 17. That was a super crazy experience mm. because, like, going into it, I thought, I'm going to start a revival. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. But it wasn't that way. You know mm. how it is. Mm. I, uh, it was like I was planning on, like, going into a boxing match. This is the example I use. I was planning on mm. going into a boxing match. With a person with like no arms and no legs, wow. just like limbless, and I was just gonna beat it into whatever <laughs> I wanted it to be. Yeah. But then when I got in there, I, like he had arms and legs, and he was punching back and countering yeah. and doing, and it was like working. It was a three-headed people. monster. Yeah, yeah. Bigger than me. Yeah. And, um. So things didn't work like I thought, mm. and um. And I was still an extremist, and I'm not saying I was like my passion was wrong, or like mm. even some of the things I believed, I don't think they were wrong. Yeah. But I just like. It wasn't curbed with like mm. reason, mm. you know what I mean? Not that I didn't have reasons for yeah, it, yeah. but a reasonableness. Mm. I didn't have a reasonableness about me. Gotcha. Um, and so I got, I, I was always in a conflict with somebody, um, whether it be like peers, people around me, yeah. or leadership, or mm. whatever the case may be. And, um, Do you think that was like from a place of frustration too, or was it just purely like huge? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of frustration. Yeah, like yeah. man, this is not going the way I had anticipated, and so or, I don't know if that like if that intentionally was at the forefront. I yeah. can't say if that wasn't in the back of my mind. Yeah, frustration more so in like. Um, why doesn't everybody believe what I believe? <laughs> that kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, I'm the only one out here. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how it felt. Lord, you're Elijah. <laughs> yeah, that's low key, bro. You know, I'm looking for the seven thousand, bro. You the Jezebel, she's on me. Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, so, I um, I just attributed my conflicts to people with people. As like they just don't understand. Mm. I have the understanding they don't understand. Yeah. So everywhere I go, I'm right, and if they don't agree, then they're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So now, fast forward like 2016. I. Uh, let me give you one example, quick. Yeah. So, for North Central, we had to do. Uh, a project for a pastoral ministry class where we had to interview a pastor. Mm-hmm. We're interviewing Pastor Taye. Mm-hmm. I was doing it with one of my friends, um, older man at North Central. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to interview him. While we were interviewing, I'm like low-key, everything I'm hearing, I'm 
taking what Pastor Ty is saying mm-hmm. and I'm weighing it to what I think about what he's saying. Mm-hmm. How do I, like, I'm judging it. That's like, long story short, I'm just judging what he's saying. Yeah. The person I was with, yeah. he was like 35-ish, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was like just receiving everything. Mm. And he was like, Pastor, thank you so much. Like, it's such a, an experience for us to even be able to hear from you. Wow. Thank you for taking the time. And I'm like blown away by this to the point where when we left, I asked him, I was like, how are you so humble? Like, how do you, mm. why do you feel like that? Like, I want to be like, I don't understand that because that's yeah. not how I, yeah. and I was kind of jealous, but mm. I, I was like, You're why baffled. is he like, yeah, yeah. yeah. full of humility. Mm. Why was I arrogant? I didn't know. But I remember that was one of those moments where I was like, there's mm. a difference. And I like that better than wow. what I feel. But I kind of like didn't think about it too much. Okay, so. A lot of ups and downs. I was getting into it with a lot of people. Um, and 2016, God, I, I'm living at my parents' house and God gives me a dream because mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking about moving out. Mm-hmm. I'm living like, I kid you not, no boasts or anything about because it's not like, I think God put me in a season of dryness. Mm. He refused, like, I couldn't, I felt nothing from any worship music. I couldn't mm. hear any worship music. Yeah. Amarna, English, nothing. I was yeah. dry. So I was like, yo, worship yeah, music. Not even Amarna, English? Damn, Damn, bro. Daddy, Sammy, all of them, bro. Like, I couldn't, must have been The Gutu, like. The Gutu couldn't get to you. I couldn't, stop. So I couldn't, Sophia, all of them. Yeah. Um. So I thought, all right, worship must be wrong then. You know what I mean? I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah, I actually remember this. Yeah. Because we would have conversations about even the whole structure around how to do worship. Yeah. You remember that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. That was stemming from, you know, I'm like, because I'm like, what is God trying to do? Like, why can't I feel? Like, because when I got saved, like, worship was my lifeline, bro. Mm. Like, and so I thought, oh, maybe I'm mature to the point now I don't need it. And now God is teaching me that it's wrong. Yeah. Um, Wow. So, and he's make he's no, I have no emotions in prayer, no emotions in worship, yeah. no emotions, barely any emotions with reading the word, mm-hmm. but God wouldn't let me go. He kept making wow. me pray like, bro, I'm talking about like eight hours a night. Mm. I'd have to pray. Mm. I felt, mm. but no feelings. So I had wow. to rely on like wow. the character of God. Wow. Yeah. And, um. I remember some nights thinking like holding the Bible on my on my chest and just being like so glad like yo I'm so glad I have this word mm. like if I don't have this like wow bro oh. I I don't have like any structure I don't have any so he made me like lean on his character mm. and who he is and his mm. goodness instead of my emotions for a solid like I don't know how long that season was but it was long it yeah. felt long yeah. But, like Steve-O says, there was, like, flies in the anointing. There was, like, a lot of little things in my life that I just couldn't get rid of. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like, you know what? The best thing for me mm-hmm. is to move out, create my own monastery, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. in my apartment. Yeah. And I can create the perfect place for me to just live as holy as I want. Yeah. Without having to worry about anybody else. Yeah, yeah. When I had that thought, this is, like, November, God gave me a dream. Mm-hmm. In the dream, he said... It was me, I, like, and in the dream, I, like, jump up, and there's, like, I'm flying in the sky, essentially, just mm-hmm. kind of floating. Mm-hmm. And behind me, like, a demon would jump up right behind me, mm-hmm. but not get me, just, like, 
just really close behind me. Hmm. And every time one would jump up, I'd move forward a little bit. And another one would jump up, I'd move forward. Hmm. Another one would jump up. And I saw after five or six of them, I was moving forward, but I was heading towards the woods. Hmm. And then when I saw, when I looked in the woods, I saw like a wolf waiting for me. Hmm. And uh, wow. I woke up and then God hmm. gave me the interpretation of the dream. And he was telling me like, yo, listen, the things that you're going through, that's nothing. The stuff that you're struggling with, that's not really your problem. Your problem is when you step out. Your problem is wow. waiting. These things, these things, they don't want to hurt you. They're just leading you to what's going to wow. kill you type thing. Yeah. Bro. And like in the most foolish way, mm. I said, no, God, you don't understand. Mm. I know better. Whew. I'm moving out. Wow. And so I left. Yeah. Um, and it was going good for two months. Mm. And then one day. Mm. I was like a different person in two months, mm. just a different person. Mm. I remember going to church one day and um, after this change happened mm -hmm. where I just like fell off and one of the youth was like, we went, I think we went, I think it was the United Youth Conference or something like that. And yeah. I was hanging out with the kids and we went to a store and I was like, oh, I want to buy this. I want to buy this. And then the next day it was Sunday and then the kid, one of the youth, he was like, um, he's like, tech, this is so weird. I was like, what? He was like, he said, I've never seen you want anything. Hmm. Like, you really wanted that, wow. like, stuff yesterday. And I was like, oh, wow. man. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And to give, like, listeners context, you were on your Francis Chan at that point where you were like, nothing matters, you know? Like, yeah. like fashion is a distraction, you know? Like, we, our whole attention, our whole devotion, our whole commitment should be focused in on Christ. Right. Um, you know, you had, like, like a, like a very solid, like, you are just like, yo, nothing in this world matters. This is it. Yeah. And I think that's why, to give, like, the listeners context, why that was probably, like, a big deal for your youth. Like, yeah. you went from, like, thinking this is worthless. Exactly. To desiring it. Yeah. That was exactly it for him, bro. Yeah. And that's when I knew, like, okay, I've changed. Mm. That's when it hit you, when you, your youth member said that. And that other people are noticing. Mm. But I used to get eaten up because, like, the worst thing for me mm -hmm. is, like, saying one thing and living another. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Like, yeah. it eats me up. Like, yeah. I remember some nights thinking, like, I'm about to fly out of state. I got to get out of here. I can't keep doing this. And praying on Saturdays, like, Lord, I know this week was crazy, but you got to be there tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. I know, like, um, and so I was like, you know what? I got to leave. I don't know what to do. Like, I love, I love these youth. I love ministry, but I'm not living the way I should. So I can't teach. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stopped really bringing the word. Yeah. And it was more like a chill vibe. And, um, I told myself once the, maybe it wasn't the United Youth Conference. The United Youth Conference was coming up. Yeah. And I remember saying by May, by the end of the conference, I'm out. I'm leaving. Yeah. And I remember telling, uh, I remember telling Pastor Ty like, "Yo, listen, once the United Youth Conference is over, I'm kind of stepping away. Yeah. I may be here once in a while, but please, like, let's find, you know, let's somebody do something. else. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Once I stepped away, it was like, for three years. Mm. I was like dead inside. Like mm. I never felt deadness like that. I didn't even know. You know when people talk about empty feel, hole yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I never understood that, but I understood that 
during those three years mm. like running driving around places looking for something to make me feel good or like mm. feel this like thing but everything just wow. felt so empty like yeah. I was like what is happening to me bro like mm. um so I went out and I was like oh let me get maybe this tattoo make me cool or like let mm. me go get this bike it'll make me feel this way or let me I just wanted to just like make myself feel better yeah and um I was also working at this place and they were kind of making me feel like, you know what, you have a place here. We're going to give you money and position and it's yeah. going to work out. So, yeah. you know, just keep giving it. I was, and I was giving them all I had. So I was stressed out there. Mm-hmm. And then like I was just doing a lot of stuff, bro, that yeah. I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't want to say all of it, but like, it's I was the PG doing, version. It's the PG, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was doing some things that I just shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And I was using things that I shouldn't have been using, all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, there, the position that, the position that they were offering me, they, it didn't work out. Yeah. The day I realized it wasn't going to work out, I emailed my boss and I said, I quit. I'm not coming into work. It was yeah. like a Thursday. Yeah. Like, you know what? Four day weekend. I'm out. Yeah. And then for the next two months, I was like unemployed, mm. just living off of savings. Yeah. Um, and then this is when kind of like God, the wisdom part kicks in. Mm. But prior to that, while I was working, let me just say this one part. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a lot of my teammates and people that I was working with, one of them was my former boss. Mm. Now we have become like more teammates and then they were giving me more responsibilities and I was kind of getting geared up to be like, a supervisor or manager type role, right? Yeah. So the people around me, it was a com- competitive environment where it wasn't friends anymore. People mm. were at each other's throats. And I felt like everybody was at my throat. Mm. And so they'd give me like a responsibility. All right, you're leading the team meetings, right? Mm. At my job. And I remember leading them and feeling so frustrated. Like, why can't these people just get in line? Why can't these people just help me? Why can't they listen to me? Why can't yeah. I was feeling all of this yeah. and I'm going back to my like little cube and working and yeah. and uh, thinking everybody's wrong and I'm right and I know what I'm doing and why don't they just get it? Why are they hating on me? All this. Yeah. And one day I'm staring yeah. and this epiphany hit me and it was mm. like, what if it's you? Mm. You keep having this problem with other people. Wow. Like, yo, you might be the problem. Wow. Maybe you need to check you. Yeah. And I literally stared at the computer for like 20 minutes. I had to go into a meeting wow. and I'm staring like... Oh my God, I've mm. never considered what if it is me? What <laughs> yeah. if at Zion? What if with my friends? What if. My... Yeah. And I like took a deep breath, went into the meeting, and my whole the whole meeting vibe changed mm. because I approached it totally wow. differently. Yeah. And that's when I learned I feel like, okay, I gotta change something. Mm. Fast forward, I quit the job. Yeah. And uh, what happens? I'm. I'm I'm struggling. I'm like using certain substances and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, when I'm not, I'm like dead. I have no energy. Mm-hmm. I can't even. I can't see people. Yeah. I can't even move. I'm in my bed like 16, 17 hours a day. Wow. Or, all I do is order food, get up to get the food, come back in my bed, eat it all day in the dark in the basement. Wow. For like two months. Mm-hmm. And I was still u- like using certain substances and like um, I felt like. They were having an effect on my body and I like there was nights like my heart would be beating out of my chest, bro. Like mm. I felt like I can't breathe. I thought I was gonna like I remember one time in the bathroom I just felt like, yo, this is it, bro. I can't breathe. I'm about to die. Like yeah. in this bathroom. Wow. I hope my parents like 
don't it was just rough bro yeah. like it was not cool yeah like, yeah and to think like man where i came from to, to that point hmm. it was not cool yeah so it's all on my instagram there's like a video a highlight video saved and hmm. i don't know i don't know how i came across this video i'm yeah. in my bedroom one night and um for the last three years i was trying to pray and repent and i just first i couldn't do it yeah one night i'm watching youtube and i run across a video of this kid who violated his probation mm. and the judge is gonna give him like 60 years in jail for violation of the probation yeah, yeah. and he told him like he said a few specific lines but one of the lines he said was um he said for the last three years i've been trying to save you hmm and he said, but you continue to violate the, the policies of your probation. Yeah. And then he said, you represent a young man in a crossroads right now. Mm -hmm. like you represent that. You bet. And he said, you have to make the right choice. Otherwise, you're not going to get another option. Yeah. Um, and I knew, like, I was like three years, bro. I've been off it for three years. Yeah. Like, God is telling me, like, shape mm -hmm. up, tech. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and so I was, I, I had, like, the stuff I was using, bro, I'm, let me say it like this. Regularly, this type of stuff, people will use like five milligrams mm. or ten. Like I was doing like a hundred milligrams, like wow. not in my mind, like mm. half dead, like mm. not right, bro. Yeah. Like, and I had a lot. And I remember, and because I kind of used it as a crutch to kind of get through the day. Yeah. And God was just saying, like, you got to throw it away. All mm. of it. I was like, but God, if I throw this away and you don't come through tomorrow, like, mm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Wow. Um, wow. And then I went to the next video and it was like about animals or something. I scrolled down in the comments and for some reason, one person's comment just like stuck out to me mm -hmm. and it just said, this is why you should reconsider the, hmm. the, po the, pro the, something about probation this is why we should reconsider the policies of our probation or hmm. something yeah and it just felt like he was saying like yo reconsider like your probation mm. and i was like all right i'm done yeah i took the stuff like threw it all the way yeah and i was like lord you got if you're not there tomorrow i'm not i can't i can't do it i don't mm. know where else like how am i, I gonna have nowhere like, to go yeah, yeah. but I will, i'm not no lie i woke up tomorrow the next day literally like a new human being hmm. bro like hmm. i i I can't explain it to you. Wow. Like, I just woke up different. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I got up. I yeah. went upstairs. I yeah. was happy to see my parents. I was happy to see people. Yeah. I was talking with people. Mm. I felt good. And I was like, this feels better than where I was before. Yeah. Even when I was on it with God. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I was like, yo, he yeah. did it. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. Um, yeah. And then I, I, uh, he did a, a bunch of stuff and, and he changed my life in like a day. Wow. But the whole three years, everything, me thinking that I was going to start a revival in a day, yeah. me thinking I knew better. It just, God was essentially showing me like, all right, your whole life you've been living thinking you know better than people. Mm. And now you're going to go into this season because you think you know better than me. I've spoken to you. Wow. And you're not going to come out of this season until you realize like you're just a person. Wow. And when I... And it wasn't wow. until I was like, I don't know everything that God was like, all right, like, mm. I'll take you out. I, I'll <laughs> wow. say, yeah. Yeah. 
And so he did, bro. Yeah, it sounds like the whole Nebuchadnezzar story. <laughs> where he literally <laughs> caused him to lose everything to show him that he is nobody. And that he is at the mercy of the word of God. Literally. Yeah. Can I say something? Go ahead, man. When I, when I was uh, in high school and stuff, yeah. I used to always be afraid of that story. Wow. Because I used to read that story and be like, Lord, please don't make me like Nebuchadnezzar. Because it said wow. he was like the animals. He yeah. was in the fields. Yeah. And the dew used to be on him like he yeah. was mad. And for some reason in my heart, I knew. I was like, I'm going to go through something like this. Wow. But I used to be so scared. Like, please, Lord, let me just teach me now. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. learn the hard way. <laughs> God's like, I'm going to be gracious for a little bit. And I was like, ah. Yo, there's a couple of thoughts I had, a couple of questions. The first is, you know, this just goes to show that, like, God does whatever he can to redeem his people. You know, that, you know, I'm one of those guys that believes, like, once saved, always saved. But, like, I just, I just don't think that once... God has written you in the palm. He's engraved your name in the palm of his hands that he could take you out of that. But like, and sometimes when we're in moments and seasons, we don't see the big picture. So we get lost in the momentary uh, uh, afflictions and uh, questions and doubts and closed doors and all of that stuff. But now you like stepping out of that season I mean, what we want to talk about is like wisdom today. And a lot of it is, is like so we're, we're kind of unpacking this through story form. But what, what do you think like God had to do in the last three years? You kind of, you know, gave us the big picture of, you know, you walked away. You were in a drought and that just led to things. And then you just you're stuck. But like in those like moments, like what do you think God was teaching you about himself, you, this life? And you probably didn't know those lessons in the moment or learn those lessons in the moment. It's not until you get get out of it and you look back and you have clarity on the whole situation, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what do you think is like some takeaways? Like what what is it about God and yourself and, and the world around you that was made evident through the experiences that you faced the last three years? Everybody has value. Mm. That was the number one lesson. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and when you say that, like, I, I assume that you believe that prior, mm. but like, what does that unpack that a little bit? Like, what did that mean for you? Or how did that like become a reality or like a, a lesson, you know? Well, I believe that before probably yeah more it meant like when people say stuff mm -hmm. you have to understand that wow. person has value yeah and listen and understand it's like wisdom mm. you know um because it was so easy for me to just write people off like mm. you don't agree then you don't know anything wow yeah yeah sounds like twitter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're an idiot. Yeah. You think like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest one. Yeah. And so like what has that done now, like coming out of it like how do you like now engage in conversation, engage with coworkers, engage with family, engage even with yourself like with that lesson learned that wow, people they have value. And even if I disagree with them, that doesn't mean 
they're less valuable or that they're not they're like any less of a human because they think differently or what have you like what is that has that made you more peaceable has that oh, made you I I, i'd say um this is something that you've understood for sure and i've mm. noticed this in you for a long time mm. um you know i th- i think you know what it takes to organize and do something and i think you know that everybody plays a piece mm. and even if you even if people hurt you or disagree with you i think you understand that that's like life mm. and you have to, in order to get things done you still have to see the value in everyone mm. and roll on yeah i noticed that i knew that about you like i learned that like maybe four years ago and i remember mm. thinking that i don't mm. know if i've ever said that <laughs> no. but i remember thinking that and um that's what I learned, man. And it changes my mm. whole everything at work. Yeah. Um, even the way I view society. And not to go on a tangent, but like, I feel like that's why America works, mm. the country. Mm. And the, like, maybe why other countries don't work is because I disagree with you. You don't have value. Then that means you don't have the right to pursue what you want to pursue. And I'm not, I'm, and I'm definitely not going to work with you to pursue yeah. that. Yeah. Versus America, like, we disagree but you're a human being and you have all the right to pursue the life that you want to pursue. Yeah. And I'm going to value you. Yeah. That was the biggest one for me. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you feel like that's connected? Like, do you think that maybe you've experienced hurt that allowed you to be closed off towards people? Like, was it, was it, is that kind of where that frame of thinking was developed? Just this, wow. Like if, if you're able to do this to me, then you must not, be valuable and i'm gonna write you off and think that you this is all you can contribute to my life or society or what have you is that was that or is that you just because you're an observer as well or is that you like stepping back and observing the world and looking at people and thinking wow yeah i don't know if you could actually contribute in any positive way this is just the way you're built and you're because of that you're less value i don't know like where did that like how did that I grew up like me and my brother. Yeah. And uh, my brother was just kind of, you know, out and about. He did his own thing. Mm. I, so in a way, I, I'm not like all the way, not an only child, but some ways in I have like an only child mentality. mentality. Yeah. Exactly. So that allows me to kind of just like, I don't need people. I've been mm. entertaining myself my whole life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so when I approach whatever I want to do, it's the same mentality. Yeah, mm. I can do this myself. Wow. You don't agree? All right, move along. Yeah. Like, I don't need you. Yeah. Because I can do that. You wow. Know? Every, I feel like every struggle that I've ever been, and I could be totally, I know God was with me. Yeah. But I never really allowed people to help me, and I, I never wanted that, you mm. know? I remember, like, going through stuff in junior high. And just going through it myself. Yeah. And I made it. That's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Elementary. Every year in elementary, I was like, I used to have this thought every year. All right, well, the year's ending. Hmm. I made it through this year. And I remember thinking, you know what? You did that. Mm. And you can do it next year. Mm. By myself, though. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was more of that, you know? That's real. Yeah, that actually reminds me of, um, I don't know if you uh, have listened to Andy Mineo's podcast, Work in Progress, mm-hmm. but what he does is, you know, it was like a brilliant idea for a rollout, but he created an album and the album essentially was just all the songs that he scrapped in the past. And what he did with the podcast is he kind of unpacked why he scrapped those songs in the past. And it was, he just, he realized like, 
I could actually, these are good songs. They're just in my head. And so what he would do is he would talk about why he scrapped it. And then he would t- talk about the importance. Jeez. Yeah. You talk, <laughs> and then he talked about, that's why I work in progress. Right. <laughs> and then he would talk about the significance of the song and where he was at in life when he wrote it. And one of the songs is called, I don't need you. And in that song, uh, when he was on, when he was like having the podcast episode in relation to that song, he said something that I know I could really relate with. But he was sharing how he just got to a place in life where everybody he ever loved just kept leaving him and disappointing him and hurting him. And so he he started going to th- like he unpacked this later on in therapy. But his therapist was like helping him see that you've turned to success to show people I don't need you. And so now, like, his success wasn't just for him. This wasn't just for him to enjoy and love and use that to love and serve others and, you know, not worry about X, Y, Z and praise. It it just turned into, see, I don't need you. Like, look what I accomplished without you. Do you feel bad that you left me? You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But the song is really deep. I I remember the first time I heard it, I cried. Like, the, the last verse he, like, spit because... You know, like the whole song, he's saying, I don't need you. I don't need you. And then at the end, he realizes, no, I do need you. And this is how I need you. And like, you know, he just says a bunch of bars like, I need you to let me know I don't suck when I don't have any success. I need you to let me like, I need you to like respond back to my texts. Like there's just like a bunch of things he was saying. And on the surface, it comes off as like weak. But like at the end of the day, it's like reality. And I think a lot of the times like, we don't need revenge we just need healing you know because we do need people and this whole like i know you and i have had this conversation for years but like the whole lone ranger christianity like you know (laughs) we're not we're not gonna go we're not gonna get pretty far on our own you know what i mean and but like when you do get success doing things on your own it's like hard to believe that you need people and so I guess like a, a follow-up question to that would be, what do you think what do you think you've learned in regard to working with people? Like do you feel like, yo, know, like I I need those that I disagree with. I need those that don't see things the way I see things. I or is it I need to understand at least why you've come to this conclusion. You know, like, yeah, I don't know what, what it is that. Both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of you both. So well. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sometimes, like, you can value the, the process to their conclusion, but not necessarily find it valuable to bring alongside, you know. I, I just think about, like, you know, t- tomorrow we're starting a sermon series on Philippians. And uh, tomorrow, like the whole, like most of the sermon will just be how the Church of Philippi got started. And it's, it all starts with Paul and Barnabas getting into an argument before the second missionary trip where he finds himself in Philippi. But like it all came down to uh, no Barnabas. This fool John Mark ditched us last time. We don't need him now, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> like literally it was just like he has no value to us like he can't hang you know what i mean and barnabas is like no let's give him another chance you know like yo let's maybe he's grown let's like invest and i mean the disagreement was so bad they ended up like splitting ways 
and like Paul takes Silas and Barnabas takes John and John Mark is also his cousin. So that's a whole nother thing too. Like <laughs> you're, you're more gracious towards kinfolk. You know what I mean? Like you can love family, but that's a whole nother conversation. I wish like, I mean, the Bible calls us a family. And if we treated the people of God, like we do our nuclear family, maybe we'd have a lot more love, grace and success with one another. But yeah, but like there, that was like the whole, and then Paul at the end of his life, He's like, I need John Mark. Bring him back. He's useful to me. <laughs> useful to yeah, me you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, what? Yeah, like let, let's maybe talk about that. What it looks like to work with maybe people that, and, and I mean, like that was. I think, like you know, talking about wisdom, you know, I think the wisest thing you could do is see, you know, the value in those that don't necessarily look like you or value what you value or see things how you see you know um you know we always say unity is not uniformity and we love that we amen that we shut that we shout that down until it's time to be united and that not being everybody being the same you know like we we talk about celebrating differences until it's actually time to celebrate differences um but what do you think what do you think our churches need? What do you like if you if there's somebody listening right now and they're like, yo, like I, I got it. I don't need like there might be somebody listening thinking like I don't I don't need the Avisha yeah. church. You know, they're yeah. I don't their theology is off. They don't give us chances. They don't invest money like they don't see things the way we see. They don't get our culture. They don't get our generation. I'm, I'm going to do this on my own. Like whoever is listening. I mean, that might not be where they're at, but there might be somebody else listening, thinking like forget the community, forget church. Like I've been burned by them. Like, I've seen them hurt me. Like, they have no value to me. I'm better off by myself, you know? Um, what would you say, based off of what you've learned and some of the wisdom that you've gained through the very trying time you had the last three years, like, what would you say to that person listening, saying, I don't need people, or people have no value to me for whatever reason? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, 100%. Yeah. Man, I feel like you're just all over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I think... Hmm. To that person, I would say like or you it, three it years ago. It doesn't, it doesn't get better mm. anywhere else. The grass is not greener on the other side. Uh, yeah, like seriously, yeah. anywhere you go, like you're gonna have those problems. Mm-hmm. Like, what I've learned is like for the most part, people and groups of people are generally the same. That's mm. <laughs> real. Yeah, and if you have an issue. The best thing to ask yourself is, how how can I maybe change my perspective so that I can have peace in the situation? Yeah. And not necessarily running from it. Yeah. Like, okay, let me let me put it like this: you might have a mission that you want to accomplish. Yeah. Like Jesus had a mission too. Yeah. But like, just as much as Peter was a part of accomplishing the mission for Jesus, Judas was too. Right. He didn't leave Jew. He, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. first, you don't know like, yeah. what God is trying to do yeah. and teach you through the people that are around you. Yeah. Yeah. Second, you might not know that person fully at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's always better to introspect yeah. before you run. And I think you should always consider like who you're dealing with. Like, mm. who are you talking to? Think about it. You might think you're better than the Abisha older person that's 40 years old 
because you've come to an understanding. But you probably would have been in the same place if you were in mm, the same environment they grew up in. Right. Like had the how, same experiences, exactly. same limitations, Ex- exactly. same resources. Yeah. Yeah. So what can you learn from them? Because like, wow. even if they grew up in a different place, yeah. they've been through situations that are similar to yours. Yeah. And it's better to glean wisdom yeah. from them than to leave yeah and an attitude of wisdom is probably gonna do you better right and create more like solidarity between you and the people around you if you change i'm so serious yeah 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 it's tough though but yeah no it's real bro yeah like i love the way you put it like god used both like peter and judas you know and i think that you know one of the things i've learned over the years is you know i think we give people too much credit you know what I mean? I think like mm. when somebody does something to harm us or when somebody does something to uplift us, like both, ex- like I think we give people way too much credit, you I know? Yeah. I, th- I think like God is orchestrating mm, everything, you, yeah. you know, for our, for our good and for our benefit. And, you know, I've had, you know, being in ministry hasn't necessarily been the easiest thing. Um, pastoring peers, people you grew up with necessarily hasn't been the easiest thing. But, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything else because it's made me, like, God has used that to make me who I am. And even the things I wish weren't on the plate, you know, the things I wish I didn't have to go through, I can now look back and think about, oh, wow, like, I don't think I would have this perspective, this approach, this heart, these concerns, this outlook if it wasn't for the things that I did not want to endure, you know? And I think that when you're able to see it from that perspective it's hard to it's hard to really like count people out because sometimes like also people are doing the best they can with what they know you know i think we forget that too you know like you know i was like sharing with you prior like at 23 i thought i was ready to go i was like yo like ministry okay i you know this is what i wanted to do for my whole life I mean, I definitely had fears. I definitely had concerns, but I was like, I, I got this. And then now at 28, five years in this, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing every day. It's like, God, you're going to show up today. Uh, please help, you know. Um, but like, I'm so glad where I was at 23. I, I, I'm so glad that didn't hinder people around me from giving me an opportunity because people could have easily written me off and been like, you're 23. What do you know about life? What do you know about ministry? What do you know about serving people? No, I had people that would like take where I was at and encourage the best, the best they could and, and give me opportunities and trust that God was working. And I, I feel like if, if people could do that for me, why can't I do that for, like, I, I remember this specific story. I was in Seattle, first youth conference I ever spoke at. I was surrounded by giants, bro. People that had like doctorate degrees, people that have been doing ministry for a while. I was six months into full-time ministry and I did not know what I was doing. And I had people questioning that. I literally, there was this one person that was like, oh, you're a pastor? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, like you actually like what do you do during the week like straight up question to me like for real like you so you teach every week that's what you you yeah and and i remember feeling so small and after that conference calling steve-o full circuit bringing it back to steve-o calling steve-o with tears and just saying thank you that when i told you at 16 i wanted to be a pastor Mm -hmm. you you took a shot and you you didn't discourage, you didn't look at where I was in life and discourage what I believe God was calling me into. 
but you like took me in with my limitations. You took me in with my weaknesses. You took me in with your concerns. You took me in with where I, where you probably thought I wouldn't be successful. And you just poured into me. You loved on me. You prayed for me. You cultivated me, and you grew me to the person that God would. And you know, like, and, and that I feel like people took chances on me, bro. Like my whole life, people have taken chance. Like our church took a chance on me. They're like, we trust you to be our pastor, even though we grew up with you. And we, we've seen you from the beginning. And like and so all that to say, I think that, you know, sometimes people are doing the best they can with what they got. And with their limited perspective, we might disagree with. Like, we should give context and see where we could help grow. I mean, I think, like, we also have this dark, uh, I don't know. I think, like, it's a very negative perspective that people are stuck in their ways. And I don't want to believe that, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to assume that everybody's stuck in their ways, like, do we know the God that we serve? He melts hearts like Paul was set in his ways. And when he came in contact with who God was, it changed his whole life. You know what I mean? And um, I think sometimes we forget the people we celebrate in scriptures were far worse than the people we're dealing with. And if God can do something amazing in them, like, why can't he do something with us? You know, um, I don't think we're dealing with people that are literally burning churches down killing christians we're not dealing with people that are stoning christians that are like have made it yeah (laughs) we're not dealing with people that have made it their life ambition to hurt the kingdom of god we're dealing with people that are maybe ignorant maybe had bad experiences maybe have limited understanding right and and it's just like but oh man paul is just a man of god no like you don't know his starting point. You don't know like what he came from. And if God in telling Ananias to go to him and pray for him and decide, like if Ananias had the perspective we had, we would have maybe missed out on somebody great in the faith. You know what I mean? And so all that to say, yeah, people have whatever reason for where they're at. And I think sometimes, like, you know, my, one of the things my professor said back in the day that always stuck with me is, you know, we're professing Christians, but practical atheists. And, like, we claim every week God can move mountains until it's time for him to move mountains. We claim that God can change lives until it's time for him to change lives. We declare God heals until it's time for him to heal. And I think that, like, we have to look at people from the perspective of who God is and not who they are. Because it is God that ultimately does the work, you know, and so, yeah. I um, I feel like James, hmm. like God, kind of been has been drawing me to read James. Yeah. And you said so much that like hit. It's like the beginning of James is counted all joy when you face various trials yeah. of various kinds because you know that facing these trials yeah. actually produces mm. character and steadfastness. Yeah. And if you go and let that process mature, then you're going to be lacking nothing. Nothing, yeah. So I feel like hmm. a different two things. Yeah. One, maybe you should take a different perspective on what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that perspective maybe can be geared more towards the end goal yeah. which is the kingdom of god yeah so for example ananias like you said his mind had to be on the end goal of the kingdom of god for yeah. him in order to go to paul like, yeah if his life if his if his mind was on his existence and his survival mm. he wasn't gonna go to the guy <laughs> that's putting no. his you know, stoning stephen yeah the, you know yeah and then two on that same vein like 
you your your perspective might change like yeah you <laughs> a lot of us are young yeah and i know in the bible it says like don't look down on you know to paul talking to timothy yeah don't let people look down on you because your youthfulness yeah you know, timothy was 40 something yeah so a young man like matt chandler said was 40 in the bible yeah you know yeah so think about that are you, yeah. yeah and i mean i, I I'm, I'm just saying that to say like we don't know everything we don't like, we're young we've been like think about the culture that we come from yeah a lot of the people that we like are around the older people they like been really been through some stuff bro like mm-hmm. i'm talking about like i've looked down on my dad growing up yeah because looking at him in this culture struggling to kind of find balance yeah and not being able to like you know it's a struggle yeah, yeah. but simulation yeah. exactly yeah but if we think about the lives some of our parents live it's crazy we're talking about like okay my dad for example grew up as a farmer yeah then went into the military you know like he's seen like men die mm-hmm. like multiple human beings like die yeah he's killed people yeah he's led tanks into war yeah. 500 some men yeah and for me not to uh, fully understand his perspective and look at him as oh this is just my dad in america and he doesn't mm, he has it. an accent like tech what would you have done yeah if you ran out of ammo in the mm. middle of the war yeah. while you're fighting with Somalia yeah. and you're sitting there waiting for like this is stuff yeah. that they went through. Yeah. That's leadership. Yeah. So all that to say, like, we have a lot of growing to do. Yeah. And like though they may not fully understand our culture. Yeah. They understand life principles yeah. that will it's never good. change. Yeah. And that are universal. Yeah. And I feel like that perspective change is what really matters because you run from culture to culture i don't like this culture here i'm going to this culture there right. it's the same universal principles that apply both cultures right, right. steadfastness yeah character long suffering yeah. working in a team yeah. leadership humility yeah. listening yeah like if you can't do that in the culture that you're at now you bro won't. you're gonna have the same problems there because you're gonna find something wrong with somebody right there. right right you know and you're gonna think everything is external all the problems are external when it's really you, yeah, no. Full I, circle. I, yeah. That was my issue. That's how. Yeah. No, I, I think we said something off air about a conversation you had with your cousin. But like, I mean, this is what we're coming down, getting to at the end of the day. Like, the older you get, the more you're like, I know squat. I know, like, I know nothing. You know what I mean? And um, literally, that's you know, at 28, the only thing I'm confident in is how much I don't know. That's it. Like, I'm not I'm not any more confident in what I do know. Like, I'm, you know, I can't be so attached to approach because approach is not the way. It's a way. And approach, the success of approaches varies from culture to culture, from uh, people group to people group to cities to cities, right? Like, what works here might not work in L.A. What works in L.A. might not work in Texas. What works in Texas not, might work in Alabama, right? Like, and so I'm the older I get, the more I'm realizing, like, my greatest like the greatest asset you'll have is your relationships because in the context of relationships you can work it out together like if you have people that love you if you have people that are for you if you have people that are willing to forgive you if you have hey, people that's not, <laughs> yeah that. yeah yeah don't. you you can overcome anything yeah. you know you're great like you know everything else is 
you know, outside of like the word of God and life's principles, like, you know, I don't want to make it seem like <laughs> I'm a relative. Like, I, I, th I think truth is relative, uh, but I, I definitely think that in a lot of ways, the, the thing that's going to help us get through life is one another. And for us to count each other out because we're different is like hurtful because everything else in life, we're so finite, you know, and we're only discovering God on it. You know, like it blows my mind away that the Bible says for all of eternity, we will be discovering who God is and worshiping him. Like, think about that. There's no end to the depth of knowledge of who God is. Like, it's not a million years. It's not a trillion years. This is forever and ever. Your mind is going to constantly be blown away at who this God is, and it's going to lead you to worship. And so if, if we're going to be doing that for all of eternity, what makes us think that in this short lifespan, in our limited understanding, in our uh, uh, bodies that are so like there, there's there's only so much we can know. And there's only so much that's been disclosed to us and we're only ever growing and it should be like i don't know a person who doesn't want to grow i don't know a person that wants to be at 60 with the same mentality they had at 28 like i don't like you want to hopefully you want to evolve right i don't want to at 28 i hope to god i'm not who i was at 16 you know what i mean hopefully there's some growth and some development there and so that that's like the reality is yo we're gonna constantly be growing we're gonna constantly be, be we're gonna constantly be changing and we might not know it all the greatest advice my dad ever gave me i asked him like what advice would you give to me as a leader because i think for so long as a pastor my focus was okay how do i study the bible how do i teach the bible how do how do i counsel people from the bible which is all important but i entered into a phase where i was like okay that's beautiful but i also learned i need to learn how to lead because leadership is very important and one of the things he said to me is like don't be rigid the moment you become a rigid leader the moment it's the moment you lose people like be open to learn be open for change he said he said like i had to i had to change with you guys like before I gave birth to you, I thought sagging your pants was ridiculous. I thought mohawks were ugly. I thought tattoos were despicable. I thought rap music was terrible. He's like, if I didn't adapt or change, I would have limited your potential. You know what I mean? And so learning the difference between what is okay, like what, 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 what can change and what is like f final. Like this we can't compromise on, but this don't don't argue over it like don't pick your battles right i was watching dr tony evans uh tribute he gave to his wife the sermon he gave at the i don't know if it was like the funeral or what have you and one of the things he he was teaching on this is when paul was saying you know i fought the good fight of faith and dr tony evans was talking about like a lot of us waste our life fighting bad fights and we miss out you know, and so and I, I don't want to I don't want my relationships with my friends, with my future spouse, with my church, with my community. I don't want us wasting time fighting bad fights. You know, like I want to be able to give people the freedom to do who they give them the freedom to do what they want to do. If it doesn't contradict the word of God, that is. Yeah. Yeah. 
just one thing. Yeah, go for it, bro. We gotta, we gotta wrap it up a little yeah. bit, but yeah. yeah. By the way, sorry if you hear worship music in the background. They're it's practicing good. for worship night. It kind of feels like an altar call moment, yeah. though, right? Like the whole podcast exactly. episode. Yeah. All right, <laughs> everybody, bow your heads. Yeah, we, we <laughs> if, you, if you feel like this episode was for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this is like the last thing I, yeah. I have to say. Um, I remember I was having a conversation with a friend about like marriage and like what it looks like to find somebody. Yeah. And my view has always been like, there's the external stuff doesn't matter. Mm. Another extremist thing that I kind of yeah, you we, know write on. Fun conversations about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Applebee's. Yeah. And so I kind of still hold to that. Yeah. But it goes along the lines of what you're saying. Like, there are some things that you just don't negotiate on. Yeah. So whatever community or cultural context you find yourself, just like your dad was saying, you, you have to be rigid on those fundamental truths. Yeah. But everything else can shape and change. Yeah. And it does change. Yeah. Just like if you're looking for a spouse, whether it be a man or a woman, listen, their weight, their hair, what is going to change. Why would you make that the determining factor when that's a subjective thing? If that's the determining factor, then what's going to happen when it does change? Yeah. Then now you don't want to do it anymore? Yeah. But I feel like those like fundamental things in your context, Yeah. the hard part is defining those fundamental things. Yeah. But if you can, it's a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same with like relationships. Like If you say, all right, in my church context, in my relationship context, I need, for I, example, Matthew 5. Yeah. I need to see the beatitude, a yeah. hunger for yeah. right righteousness. Yeah. I need yeah. to see a hunger for truth. Yeah. I need to see porns. I need to see these things and everything else. I'm willing to like let go. Yeah, uh, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is you about to find your spouse this year. That's not what I'm <laughs> you are listening. No play, <laughs> but on a serious note, like if if you. You were talking about earlier, like, if we dealt with, like, the church people, like our family, we'd probably do a lot better. Yeah, if that's you're, true. If you're able to identify these things and find these things in people, people are always going to hurt you. Yeah. But you can hold on to that. Like, yeah. I found these foundational things in these people. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they do. Yeah. I'm always going to hold on to this. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it takes. Like, that's, that's what creates longevity in relationships. Yeah. And the willingness to, you know what? This person just insulted me. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel really bad. And they came at something that I value yeah. deeply in life. Yeah. But I know they're good. Yeah. 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 Like, just like God. Like, yeah. God didn't answer my prayers. And it hurt. But I know he's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you were saying earlier, like, if you could find that, don't go anywhere. Because that's not easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I, I don't know. This might be a controversial statement. Uh-oh. But I, like, really believe, maybe this is me believing the best about people. I don't think people, for the most part, intentionally want to hurt you. All people? Most people. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think, like, I think people just get caught up in habits, bad habits. Mm. People get caught up in moments of weakness. People get caught up in limitations, limited perspectives. Mm. Right. I, 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 they're very like, I don't know, at least with my personal life and people I've dealt with, very rarely have I seen somebody like, it's going to be my ambition to hurt this person. Yeah. It's, they know they hurt them. They know they're going to, but 
it's it's mostly like they're thinking about themselves exactly um which is another problem but i think like in this context when we're talking about relationships and people that hopefully don't have that concept or don't let that uh, lead their relationship you know like yo if they do something hurtful like talk to them mm. they, they probably weren't unless they're petty and it's like yeah, you didn't call me back, so I'm gonna ignore your call. I don't know, whatever it is, you know. So we, I'm petty too. So he's petty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> petty king, as Drake would call it. Yeah, but yeah, I hope like this uh, conversation uh, served you well and was edifying. Yeah, we'll have you pray us out. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I, I think the whole aim of the, I mean, Tech was bold enough to share his story and kind of share like what he's learned in, in the journey um but i think like you know just after recording all this it just kind of seems like our heart today was to to really just talk about like yo value people like i think that's what it all came down to you know people who are different than you um aren't necessarily the problem or should be viewed as the enemy even um but learning how to work together and uh God can humble us to get to that point because the church is his plan A. There is no plan B. So if we're not on that page, he's going to make us on that page. <laughs> so, but yeah, you want to, like, pray us out? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I just pray right now for anybody that um, may be going through something and needs a mind of wisdom. Mm-hmm so that their perspective could change. Father, I pray. I pray right now that you would help them have that perspective change and not in a way that cripples them, but in mm. a way that gives them a dose of reality, but also hope. Yeah. Um, Jesus, ultimately, I pray that you would give us the mind that was in you. Yeah. Just like your word says, let the mind that was in the Christ be also in you. Yeah. And it says he humbled himself unto death. Yeah. I pray we could have that perspective. Yeah. Um, that we could humble ourselves in our circumstances to people that, whether we think they want to hurt us or not, to humble ourselves in those circumstances and accept it. Yeah. Um, and I pray for your spirit. I pray for your anointing i pray for your wisdom i pray for your word to go out because it breaks chains and i pray for your children now lord anybody that's listening father that belongs to you lord i pray that you would break any chain yeah and any any perspective any mindset that's hindering them from living a life of joy Mm. and um purpose yeah and and longevity and character yeah pray that you'd remove that in jesus name yeah amen amen well i hope that uh that was edifying for y'all um if you have any questions feel free to head us up um we're back with weekly episodes so we'll see you guys next week until next time family peace and love (laughs)